1: I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts bear man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere.
0: Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy
2: Maxa. Welcome aboard. You're listening to America's most widely syndicated radio travel show, and I can tell you... There are a lot of people traveling to Omaha this weekend. Omaha, Nebraska. Why Omaha? Well, every year on this weekend, it's the annual shareholders meeting there of Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway. That's the giant holding company that's made Buffett America's second richest man after Microsoft's Bill Gates. These meetings are famous. About 38,000 shareholders are gathering this weekend to hear Buffett give his annual State of the Financial World speech. But Omaha's hoteliers aren't too pleased with him this time around, even though the event fills all the rooms in town, and then some. That's because Buffett scolded them for drastically raising room rates every year at this time. And then he invited visitors, his shareholders, to consider using Airbnb. That's that huge website that hotels love to hate because it links travelers with accommodations in private homes or apartments. Buffett said he considered his hometown hotels guilty of price gouging, though hotels said they were just reacting to supply and demand. And here's how I look at it. Buffett has called Omaha the cradle of capitalism. Well, cradle of capitalism. Capitalism is supply and demand. You have more people supplying your product, more demand, less supply, you can raise your prices. I sort of have to side with the hotels on this one. Though if I was of a mind to go to Omaha this weekend and attend the meeting, I think I'd definitely look for a good deal in someone's extra bedroom. More news coming up during the course of the show. Let me first tell you what's coming up this hour. Last week, we met Amy Frerer. She's the author of a new book titled The Next Crash, in which she argues that despite the enviable safety record of U.S. airlines the last several years, airlines have generally focused more on making money than air safety. That's her opinion. In a few moments, we're going to bounce that theory off Bob Gant. He's a former pilot with Pan Am and Delta and an aviator who writes widely on the subject. Then maybe over the years, you've heard occasional news reports of airplane pilots being blinded by folks on the ground wielding laser pens. Well, just this week, the federal government announced it was going to try to make those laser pointers illegal. At about 18 minutes after the hour, we'll meet Patrick Murphy, whose website laserpointersafety.com is considered the authoritative voice on the issue. I want to see how bad this situation really is. And we'll meet a grandmother who decided she wanted to travel with some friends, and thus Global Grannies was born. Before she knew it, she'd started a movement. We'll take a sneak leak. Sneak peek. We'll take a sneak peek at the Kentucky Derby with our racing expert, uh, Teresa Gennaro, and celebrate Rhubarb Days in Osceola, Wisconsin. Osceolo, I bet it's called. Osceola, Wisconsin. Who knew there were Rhubarb Days? Two quick news items. A rogue wave smashed into the Crystal Serenity while we were on the air last weekend. That passenger ship carries about 1,070 people aboard. It was sailing in the Mediterranean off the southern coast of Spain en route to Morocco. The giant wave hit the ship at 1:30 in the morning, local time, smashing windows of the ship's main dining room and causing some water damage. No one was injured, and the crew informed the, uh, the the passengers of the event the next morning, while explaining the main dining room would not be open for breakfast or lunch. By dinner, rugs were dry and the venue was open for dinner. And that 15-year-old boy who survived that five and a half-hour flight from San Jose to Hawaii, while tucked in the wheel well of a Hawaiian Airlines jet left Hawaii this week. A spokesman from the Hawaii Department of Human Services confirmed Friday that he'd left the state. His father had come from California to see him, so the presumption is he's back in the mainland. Bob Grant, excuse me, Bob Gant has written 14 books, seven of them novels, and his latest work of fiction is titled The President's Pilot. Mr. Gant is a former Navy fighter pilot, and he flew commercially for 26 years around the world for both Pan Am and Delta Airlines. Thought he'd be a good guy to talk to to get his take on aviation safety today. Welcome to the show, Bob. Nice to have you here.
3: Hello,
4: Rudy. Thank you for having me.
2: Well, as I told you when I asked you to come on the show, last week we spoke with the author of this book, The Next Crash, How Short-Term Profit uh, is uh, how short-term profit-seeking Trump's airline safety. That's the subtitle. Amy Frere wrote it, and she did a pretty meticulous job of presenting the case that airlines use 9-11 as excuse to slash costs and change work procedures to the point that she had conversations with more than 100 commercial pilots for this book, and they were very, very pessimistic about the future of airline safety in the United States. Um, she deals with maintenance outsourcing, long hours, long hours for pilots, an FAA that seems to be closer to the industry than with passengers, just what is your off-the-cuff sh- off take on that assertion, that, that thesis of her book?
4: Well, first, I want to commend Ms. Freyer for calling attention to the issue of airline safety. She's correct to be concerned, because the enemy of safety is complacency. You know, we have gone three years without a major accident, and the notion that everything is fine, nothing needs to be changed, is a deadly concept. But I've, I'm deeply skeptical about her assertion that it's airline cost-cutting, that creates a systemic problem that will be the cause of a next accident.
2: Um, what would you change the point? Airline,
4: there? excuse me. Airline safety doesn't come down from the accounting office or it's not a commodity that's got a price tag on it. It doesn't come from the CEO's office. Uh, safety is a culture and it's woven into the fabric of an airline. And that i I've I've worked in flight ops management for, for two airlines and been a liaison to others. And what I saw is that culture is pretty common, pretty consistent throughout the airlines. In other words, how pilots fly airplanes safely or unsafely is not a factor of how they feel about their, their boss or their airline or how much they dislike their working conditions or whether they're worried about being furloughed. And I would have to say that Ms. Freyer's frame of reference, uh, which is, includes her time at United Airlines, is pretty narrow. Uh, She considers 9-11 to be the seminal event that caused the airlines to start cutting salaries and furloughing pilots and wreck their working conditions. But uh, in my book, Sky Gods, for example, takes a much bigger historical perspective. And what you see is the airlines have always gone through periods of turbulence and prosperity. They operate on a razor-thin profit margin. And in in good times, when uh, they're making tons of money, they had these exorbitant contracts for pilots. In the 90s, uh, pilots at the big airlines, including United, captains could make over $300,000 a year.
2: Hmm. And we all knew that wouldn't last, and it didn't. Well, what uh, Bob, we have about a minute and a half left. If you were emperor of the skies, mm-hmm. what would you do to change the culture? I, I, I am concerned a bit about the FAA's uh, 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 role in, in, in airline safety these days.
4: Well, the, the, the FAA just mandates minimum standards, and the airline trains to those standards. And uh, as, as far as, as, as duty times and, and, and pilot uh, working conditions, those haven't changed. And it's a misconception to say that the airlines reduce pilots' salaries or, or extend their working hours and all that. They don't do that. That's all done by
3: by. Uh, but how many times have you
2: seen the National Transportation Safety Board, after an accident, make recommendations to the FAA, and the FAA takes years, if ever, to implement mm-hmm. them?
4: Uh, I don't see that as, as, as being, having been a historical factor in, in, in uh, the safety record of the last few years, not at all.
2: No, I, I, I agree with you. Uh, Bob, you know, this is a topic that I think we can revisit time and again, and I, uh, I'd like to be able to call on you if you don't mind. Yeah, my pleasure. And if you'd like to read one of Bob's la- books, his latest novel is called The President's Pilot. You can find it at Amazon, I'm sure, or on his website, which is, give it to us, Bob. On uh, gantt.com. Gantt is spelled uh, G-A-N-D-T. Just go to gantt.com. You can read more about uh, Bob's writing as well. Stick around. When we come back, we're going to ask the question whether laser pointers should be outlawed for the safety of airline passengers. Speaking of safety, you're in Rudy Max's world. I'm glad you're with me this weekend. We'll be right back. Travel rewards usually take forever to earn and even longer to redeem. Introducing Orbitz Rewards, the instant approach. Earn and redeem rewards instantly. Book a flight, use the rewards right away for your hotel. Book your hotel and use the rewards to stay longer. Book a package, well, you get the picture. Earn even more when you book using the Orbitz app. 5% on hotels, 2% on flights. Join today and get instant vacation gratification. Go to Orbits.com slash rewards. That's orbits.com slash rewards. Or visit RudyMaxa.com under sponsors. Are you suffering from itchy skin? It's terrible. The itch you can't seem to scratch, being miserable and uncomfortable, you just want immediate relief that lasts. You need TriCalm. It's new and not like the same old itch products in your medicine cabinet. Dermatologists recommended TriCalm relieves itchy skin in minutes and it's backed by the itch free guarantee. If TriCalm doesn't stop your itch, just mail them the empty tube and they'll send you a full refund. TriCalm comes in a blue and white box in the first aid aisle at CVS, Walgreens, and other fine retailers. Get TriCalm today. And get relief a click a single click of the mouse it seems harmless but what is a click really
4: a click is a decision a click can buy send agree decline cancel a click can say I trust you or I don't the click is a powerful thing and anyone could compromise your personal information so make the one click that can
1: help protect you go to identityguard.com free for a free trial identityguard because it doesn't take much. Your daughter just joined the band and needs an audience.
5: Mom, Dad, I'm ready now!
1: Immediately. Now is definitely not the time for a headache. That's why you want fast acting Advil. It has fast absorbing Advil ion core technology and goes to work in minutes. Fast acting Advil quickly relieves your toughest pain so you don't miss a beat. Try Fast Acting Advil. Find it in the white box.
0: Join Rudy Maxa. Call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back
2: to Rudy Maxa's world. Welcome back. It's eighteen minutes after the hour. Hey, thanks for uh, getting me over three thousand, four thousand likes on the Facebook fan page. Next stop, five thousand. That'll take a while, but uh, we really appreciate. I really appreciate your checking in now and then on Rudy Maxa Travel uh, Leisure. That's what it's called at uh, Rudy Maxa dot. I don't know fa- Facebook dot Slash Rudy Max. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Janet will tell me, and I'll tell you in a moment. Anyway, just go to Facebook, look for Rudy Max, and choose the one with the. Uh me leaning on a television camera in what looks like India. It actually is India. This segment of Rudy Max's World is brought to you by Orbits.com and notes that travel awards usually take forever to earn and even longer to redeem. So they've introduced Orbit's Rewards, the instant approach. You'll redeem rewards instantly. You book a flight. You use your rewards to apply to the cost of your hotel. Book a hotel. Use the rewards to stay longer. Book a package. Well, you get the picture. Earn even more when you book on the Orbits app. You'll get 5%... Credit on hotel bookings, two percent on flights. Join today, get instant vacation gratification by going to orbits.com/rewards. That's orbits.com/rewards or rudymaxa.com. Right there, you'll see uh, you'll see it right on the sponsors page. All right. Well, there's a problem that's been growing year after year, which is folks using laser pens and pointing them at airplanes in the sky, thus blinding pilots. Uh, from January 1st to August. Uh, First of last year, laser attacks grew by about 22 percent to 2,282 reports. That's just ones that were reported. Um, The agency estimated the year total could reach 4,000. I want to talk to a man who thinks about this all the time. He's my next guest, and uh, his name is uh, Patrick uh, Murphy, and he's the owner of the website laserpointersafety.com. Uh, Patrick, welcome to the show. How did you become an extra expert on laser pointing? What, uh, what got you interested in it?
3: I've been working with lasers all of my uh, professional life, uh, mostly laser light shows, and I knew that laser pointers were a problem, and I wanted to get that information out to the general public to let them know not to point lasers at aircraft and to let pilots know what it's like, that it's survivable, but what the hazards are.
2: Now, when you say you've been working with lasers all your life, I mean, in what context have you been working with lasers?
3: Um, doing laser light shows. For example, if you see a laser light show at Epcot or the Olympics or right. you know, major events, um, I helped uh, do software, which uh, runs those shows.
2: I see. And at some point you became concerned about its uh, its effect on, av- on, commercial av- or on any aviation, police helicopters, whomever.
3: Well, in the 1990s, the problem was laser light shows because we really didn't understand the effects that our lasers had on pilots. So we started getting involved with the FAA, trying to uh, get laser light shows to you know, not hit uh, aircraft, and we were a success in that. But then in the two thousands, these uh, inexpensive and more powerful laser pointers became something that anyone could buy, and that's when the reports started and the real trouble started.
2: And of course, these are generally—I mean—they were—they're really used to. For speakers on a stage to be able to point things on on maybe a billboard or a slide that's up so that she, they, she, you can direct an audience's attention to that section of whatever's shown on the wall. Am I? Am I? Is that was that sort of the original purpose?
3: Yes, that's correct. But they also became um, just kind of toy-like uh, that um, people might use them to play with their cats or that they would um, sometimes kids would kind of antagonize people at the beach. You know how youth are. Um, and so this kind of got out of hand as the lasers became brighter, the prices came down to, you know, under $10 for a laser pointer of sufficient power to be troublesome to a pilot. Uh,
2: And, and, and by the way, should you ever point one of those at someone's eyes?
3: Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, just like a loaded gun, you do not point it at people's eyes. The low-powered one aren't going to do anything, but still, the practice is not to point it at their head or their eyes.
2: Right. But a commercial, I mean, can a commercial airliner flying 40,000, 35,000 feet in the air actually be affected by this? Or did, do people do it around airports where planes are taking off or landing and they're fairly close to the ground?
3: Uh, it's mostly uh, airports uh, close to the ground. Um, helicopters, people sometimes uh, who are annoyed mm-hmm. by police helicopters will want to get back at them. Um, and I do want to say right off that close up, you know, just you and me in the same room, it's an eye hazard. But to the pilots... It's a bright light hazard. It's very, very unlikely that there would be any kind of damage to the pilot's eyes permanently. But it's very easy to flash blind a pilot, just like a flash going off in their face. And you don't want that when a pilot is coming in for landing.
2: Right. And and who I, I know that people have been arrested for doing this, but it seems like a very difficult crime, I guess that's the word, since it's against the law, very different call, crime to enforce, or a different call, law to divorce.
3: It is difficult, but the um, FBI and local police are um, doing certain things to increase the probability that they'll catch someone. Um, Actually, if you aim at a helicopter, it's almost certain that uh, they'll know who you are, because the beam points you right out. It's like a little arrow pointing right back down to the ground where you are. You can see lots of YouTube videos where these sorry, very stupid people, are on the ground pointing it out, and the police know exactly what address to go to and arrest them. Uh, the most severe sentence is 14 years. Oh, my goodness. Of, of, that, of that sentence, uh, eight of it was for the laser itself, and six was an additional uh, sentence because the person had a criminal background.
2: Oh, my uh, usually goodness. Usually
3: it's in the three- to four-year range, but it's still something that authorities take very, very seriously.
2: If you go to uh, Patrick's website, it's laserpointersafety.com, you'll see right on the homepage right now uh, the effect a laser being pointed at a helicopter has. You can see the pilot's face totally illuminated in sort of a neon green, and you can understand how he would not be able to safely operate the aircraft and see uh, where he's going. And Patrick also points out that you can buy laser uh, pens now that are 600 times the proposed FDA limit. So now what is the F, uh, excuse me, and if you just tuned in, we're talking about laser pens and their danger to commercial aviation or any aviation. Patrick Murphy is a laser expert. He does laser shows, has for years, and he has a website, laserpointersafety.com. So, Patrick, bring us up to date. What did the government do and who did it this week? What are, what are, what are they proposing?
3: Um. The government is proposing to regulate all handheld lasers so that they cannot be sold if they're more than 5 milliwatts, and 5 milliwatts is, uh, you know, it's, it's a very decent power. You can do a lot of things with it safely, like presentations. Um, I'm not sure that there's a great need for lasers over 5 milliwatts, but right now on the Internet you can find these lasers that, as it says, are up to 600 times more powerful um, Hobbyists use those. There are, you know, a few legitimate purposes for those. Um, but the FDA wants to crack down and make it illegal, as it is in other countries, uh, for the to uh, sell lasers that are over five milliwatts.
2: Where do you buy these things? In office supply stores? I've never owned one, so I've never gone shopping for one. Are they? E- uh, it sounds like they're. You can pick them up in a lot of places.
3: The lower powered ones, and the ones that are most likely to be uh, uh, less than five milliwatts would be in an office supply store or uh, perhaps a a pet store for cat toys. But the ones that um, cause a little bit more trouble are sold, um, especially at beaches. Um, They seem to be popular uh, in summer cities like uh, Daytona Beach, Myrtle Beach. And they're sold widely on the Internet. So anybody could go on the Internet and within a few strokes of the typewriter uh, get one of these two- or three-watt lasers.
2: And what might be a legitimate use of one of these super powerful ones?
3: It's a difficult question because there's a lot of things in the world that don't necessarily have legitimate use, but they're still kind of cool and people can own them, replica yeah. lightsabers, things like that. Um, <laughs> so, and there are hobbyists who you know, do laser light shows with these higher-powered lasers. Um, Perhaps the most uh, legitimate use for which you need the most power is if you're an astronomy club or something, you're outside trying to point out stars to a group. And then you need a laser that has a fairly strong beam so that everyone can see it. But mm. that's a pretty rare occurrence.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess it's just, I guess it's sort of tempting. You're out at night and you've got this laser beam because it certainly shows off well in the dark, obviously. And there's a plane going overhead. What's more... You know, what's more obvious than, oh, here, we'll just point it up at a plane, I guess. Uh, um, it's,
3: it's a little bit more subtle than that. Part of the problem is that air close to the ground has a lot of dust in it, so you can see the beam. But then when it emerges from that dusty air uh, at higher altitudes, the beam seems to disappear. So it looks like your beam is going up and stopping. And an awful lot of just you know, ordinary citizens, and they're not trying to do anything wrong, they'll say, oh, I wonder if my beam can reach further or how far it really can reach. So I'll put it on the underside of this airplane. And they don't realize it keeps going, and it's going to be really bright
2: uh, uh-huh. at the airplane. Uh-huh. All right. If you'd like more information on this, check out Patrick's uh, website, laserpointersafety.com. Patrick Murphy uh, curates that site. He's a, an expert on laser beams. And on Friday, the FDA proposed a uh, a new rule that would... will eliminate the sale, effectively ban laser pointers and handhelds over 5 milliwatts. Patrick, thank you for stopping by. Interesting subject. Thank you very much, Rudy. You're listening to Rudy Max's World, and I'm your genial radio show host, Rudy Max. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. We're going to meet a grandmother who started a, a travel trend. Yeah. Yeah, the
0: Montana know Rudy Max's world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at RudyMaxa.com.
1: Well, ring-a-ding-ding, the year was 1936, and Leo and Lillian Goodwin were hot to trot for the world to save some big bucks on automotive insurance. So they opened up a little joint called GEICO. GEICO had the goods for all the dolls and Joes who were keen on swell service and keeping the cabbage. Flash forward over 75 years, and GEICO is still helping customers save money every day and with 97% customer satisfaction. Today, the peeps would refer to that as pretty darn tight.
3: GEICO, saving people money for over 75
1: years.
6: When my daughter told me she was getting married this spring in Napa, my first thought was, to that guy? My second was, my allergies. That's when a friend told me about Advil Allergy. Turns out it's the only allergy medicine that relieves my itchy eyes and runny nose and has the speed and strength of Advil to tackle even my toughest allergy pain. So I could focus on the ceremony, not my allergies.
3: Fight even the toughest allergy symptoms with Advil Allergy, the only allergy medicine that comes with the speed and strength of Advil. Use as directed.
0: participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa.
2: Well, it's not often I can interview three grandmothers all at once. In fact, I don't think I've ever done it in any context. But I've got on the phone from Montana Jody, Joe Lou, and Mary Lou, and they comprise the heart of a group called Global Grannies. Um, Hello, Jody. Hello, Joe Lou. Hello, Mary Lou. How are you?
5: Hello, Rudy. Hello,
2: Rudy. All right. You started Global Grannies for a purpose. I mean, obviously to travel, but you have an ethos. You've got a theory behind it. You've got a, a philosophy. Share that with us, one of you, will you?
7: Global Grannies are a group of women 50-plus up into, through the 80s that take all opportunities to learn, travel, see, do, and meet many interesting people. We leave our complaints, aches, and pains at home, and pack smiles, laughter, curiosity. <clears throat> life is short, so come enjoy. Don't sweat the small stuff, because at our stage of the life, it's all small stuff.
2: <clears throat> <laughs> all right, now I presume this, the three of you started this, probably for the three of you, am I correct? And, it, and it's grown.
8: Yes, completely grown. We have 285 members now, and we also have a lot of interest, and we've sent out applications, and just waiting for those to come back. So there was definitely a need for women traveling together.
2: Now, you have a website, globalgrannies.org, O-R-G, globalgrannies.org, but do you take group trips involving more than the three of you? I mean, are these members invited on trips that you plan?
9: Yes, we do. Um, we have a travel agent who coordinates our travels, and um uh, we do take group trick, tricks. We, uh, trips. We like it all planned for us. Just tell us when our suitcases need to be outside the door and we'll be ready.
2: <laughs> well, tell, tell us some. Give, give us an example of some of the trips you all have taken.
9: Oh, we've traveled the globe, of course. Uh, we finally realized our, our goal of traveling to every continent recently when we had girls go to Antarctica. Um, so we have traveled the globe. We truly are global grannies.
2: And how long are your average trips, and I, obviously the price range depends on where you're going and how long, but give me an, an idea of length, sure. and, and, and do you have guides uh, always, or are, are folks on their own time when they go there?
9: We do have guides. Uh, that's the way we do travel. Mostly they're oh, a week or 10 days or maybe two weeks. Uh, however, a recent trip to um, Australia and New Zealand was, I believe, a month long.
2: A that's long that's a long
9: way to go, so they stayed a while.
2: And how many yeah. folks were on that trip?
9: Uh, I think there were 16 on that trip. There were, mm-hmm. Yes.
7: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. One of the yeah. trips that we went to in Greece, um, I think that was probably the largest trip uh, for us. We had 38 members that went. And, and we are a trademarked group. We're very proud of that. We're in the trade and trademark and patent book of the united states
2: (laughs) nobody's going to steal any name from the global grannies and now listen are grandfathers allowed on these trips
8: (laughs) oh no if they want to join they need to do is to make up their own group and they can do the work for it
2: (laughs) so no so this
8: is a lot
2: so this is all women no guys allowed
7: that's right
2: (laughs) (laughs) have you had guys asked to come along
7: We've had a lot of um, people on our trips as couples, and the husband always thinks that he's the uh, king of the Global Grannies, but they're not members. We just laugh about that.
2: <laughs> oh, so they can come along?
7: Well, they're on, if we take a Colette trip with Global Grannies, we may have 14 or 16 or whatever the number but if it's a Colette tour, of course, there are other couples and people on that trip, and they learn to love us. In fact, some of them say they think that they thought at first they'd be with uh, crabby grannies, and they end up to be gorgeous girls.
2: Oh, so okay, so Colette tours. Colette Vacations is a, is a tour company that you obviously work with or your travel agent works with. So but you're saying though, global grannies, per se, there may be other people who bought that Colette trip but they are not That's part right. of global granny so there are no men accompanying you all per se no no right i mean you're firm on that yes we are all right i i you know we've only got a minute left but is there has anything ever gone really wrong
8: we've had a few little accidents you know life happens we've had a few people who have fallen or things like that get a little infection but it's always handled and with our philosophy, we just keep going right along no matter what happens.
2: Well, I love your philosophy, and I've got to tell you, things happen to 20-year-olds. I've got kids, and they travel, and things happen, so it's not unique to, uh, to grannies. All right, so more people can join by going to globalgrannies.org, am I correct?
8: That's correct.
2: And Jody, Joe Lou, and Mary Lou, you all live in, where do you live in Montana?
8: In Billings. In
2: Billings, Billings the second largest Montana. city in Montana. Yeah. That's right. Uh-huh. All right. Well, it's nice to have you aboard. I applaud you. You know, this show is all about travel and encouraging people to travel, and you are a, you know, you're total, you're total poster grandmothers for that. I applaud you, and I thank you for stopping in and chatting.
7: Thank you so much. You have a wonderful day. Thank and you. And you as well, and
2: travel safely. And, uh, you know, pack, those, uh, pack away those uh, complaints, aches, and pains, and pack those smiles. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Good, thank you. Jody, Joe Lou, and Mary Lou are based in Billings, Billings, Montana. They started GlobalGrannies.org, and that is trademarked, you guys, so don't try any funny business. We'll be right back in just a moment talking about the Kentucky here. Call
0: now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email
1: the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. Your daughter just joined the band and needs an audience.
5: Mom, Dad, I'm ready now!
1: Immediately. Now is definitely not the time for a headache. That's why you want Fast Acting Advil. It has fast absorbing Advil Ion Core technology and goes to work in minutes. Fast Acting Advil quickly relieves your toughest pain so you don't miss a beat. Try Fast Acting Advil. Find it in the white box.
9: Every summer we go to
5: Canyon Woods. Love getting outside. Love the hiking. Hate the itching and irritation from poison ivy, bug bites, all the things that keep me inside. So I need something strong.
1: Cortisone 10 intensive healing is clinically proven with the strongest non-prescription itch medicine available for fast, long-lasting relief of itching and irritation with seven moisturizers to help heal skin. I finally have the relief I need. Hey, Jan, check this out. On my way. Cortisone 10. Feel the Heal.
6: When my daughter told me she was getting married this spring in Napa, my first thought was, to that guy? My second was, my allergies. That's when a friend told me about Advil Allergy. Turns out it's the only allergy medicine that relieves my itchy eyes and runny nose and has the speed and strength of Advil to tackle even my toughest allergy pain. So I could focus on the ceremony, not my allergies.
3: Fight even the toughest allergy symptoms with Advil Allergy, the only allergy medicine that comes with the speed and strength of Advil. Use as directed. Most Americans know they're at risk
1: for identity theft, but many still aren't sure if they need Identity Guard. To clear things up, you need Identity Guard if you have done any of the following. Opened a bank account, ordered a pizza, lived indoors, filled a prescription, filed taxes, paid your electric bill, been born, owned a cell phone, attended kindergarten, or visited a website. If you've done any of these, go to identityguard.com free to help protect your personal information with a free trial. Identity Guard, because it doesn't take much. In 1936, Leonard saved big Benjamins on his automobile insurance with GEICO. He did the jitterbug all over town.
7: In 1955, Sally was tickled pink over her savings with GEICO. It was super swell. In 1972, Melissa rode the peace train all the way to San Francisco with her GEICO savings. What a groovy time.
3: Over the past 75 years, the
1: expressions have changed, but one thing hasn't. Saving money with GEICO. GEICO presents Fan
6: Mail to a Pig. Dear Maxwell, first off, hope you are well. And I am. Seems like all you do is promote Geico's web and app abilities. And while I really enjoyed your last commercial where you talked about how I could take a photo of my VIN number and add it to my account all via my Geico app, I've got to think it doesn't leave you much time for anything else. Do tell. Sincerely, Miranda Morgan. Well, Miranda, thank you for asking. And this Geico spokesperson does have time to do other things. For instance, I do a lot of
3: VIN scanning to add a car just to tap away on the Geico app. <laughs>
0: To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa.
2: Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. Listen, we got a new thing going on. You may know the uh, app on your, you know, that you can put on your phone for, I think it's free, called TuneIn. There's also a website called TuneIn.com, and it offers all kinds of radio shows and so on. Here's the good news. If you like listening to this show, TuneIn is playing my shows 24-7. Seven days a week. Is there anything better than that? You can just have it on the background and just hear me talking to you endlessly. Endlessly. I kid, of course. Anyway, uh, if you go to TuneIn uh, or TuneIn.com or your app on your phone TuneIn, you just type Rudy Maxa in the search bar, uh, my shows will come up. Uh, the, this show is running as I broadcast live on Saturday morning. It's now t- about 1043 a.m. Eastern. Um, So it's running live on TuneIn. And then after the two hours of this show we're finished, you'll hear the last three, I think, three or four shows. um, And then it'll start all over again, the cycles. (laughs) And nothing better than, I think I'll call my ex-girlfriends and say, hey, look, you can listen to me all day, all night now. I'm sure they would be thrilled. Kentucky Derby Time, Kentucky Derby Time, Teresa Gennaro. I haven't talked to her since last year during Kentucky Derby Time. Teresa, welcome back to the show. Nice to have you here
5: thanks Rudy. Nice to talk to you. All
2: right. listen. I have been on and off planes all week. i've been in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, and uh, Fargo, North Dakota, and Boston, Massachusetts until yesterday. I have no idea what's uh, uh, the Kentucky Derby is today, right?
5: The Kentucky Derby is today It goes off this afternoon.
2: What time does it start eastern time
5: uh well' we're, we, the first race went off just a few minutes ago uh, oh. and uh, telecasts begin this afternoon at four o'clock on one of the NBC stations, NBC or NBC. Sports Channel, and uh, the race goes off, I think, at about 6.43.
2: All right. Is there any, I'm, as I said, I am totally out of this. I, I don't read sports pages. I don't follow horse racing. But is there any bruhaha? any issue, any, any one thing that we, sh- that we should watch for today, especially amateurs as I am?
5: Uh, well, there's a couple of things going on. I'm a little surprised you didn't hear about uh, the Boston Derby horse, the uh, second favorite. His oh, this is, is the one without Strong. the name?
2: Is this the one without no, the name?
5: No, no, no. His name is Wicked Strong. And his owners come from Boston, and uh, he's named in honor of the Boston spirit after the um, marathon bombings last year. And the owners Uh devote a portion of any percentage of his earnings to the one fund, Boston, which supports Boston Marathon victims. So he's gotten quite a bit of buzz up there. Uh, the favorite is a horse named California Chrome, who's been racing in Southern California, comes into the race with a four-race unbeaten streak. A lot of people say it's his race to lose, uh, but that often happens in the derby, that things don't go quite as well as they're supposed to. Right. Um, and those are those are sort of two of the stories. We also have uh, Steve Asmussen, who's been under a bit of a cloud of controversy here since uh, the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals exposed an undercover video that alleged some unproven allegations against him, but his filly yesterday won uh, the Kentucky Oaks, untappable. She's tremendous. There's maybe talk of running her against uh, boys in the Preakness in a few weeks, but as the trainer said yesterday, it depends on what her stablemate Tapature does today. Uh, If he wins the Derby, then that filly will not be going in the Preakness. So we're going to see if Steve can get the uh, Kentucky Oaks, Kentucky Derby double.
2: All right, now why do I have some shadow memory of hearing some news about a horse that didn't have a name? Is that not related to the Derby?
5: I don't, I, uh, that's not ringing a bell with me. Or is that that old
2: old song, The Horse With No Name? I was going to say, you might
5: be confusing it with a song.
2: Uh, I'm telling you, I remember something in the news, some little thing about, I don't know, I don't know, I'm sure our listeners are going, trying to tell me right now, but I can't hear them when they yell at the radio at me. Okay, so uh, how are are you there in Louisville now?
5: I am here at Churchill Downs right now.
2: All right, what's going on there, climate-wise and weather-wise?
5: It's supposed to be 70 and sunny. We're not quite close to that now. It's Pretty breezy at the moment, uh, partially cloudy, guessing it's about the 60s. It was very chilly and gray here yesterday. It's not going to rain, which is good news for everybody. Uh, right. We're seeing a lot of summer wear, but uh, also people, they, they may do well in the gift shops today because if it doesn't get any warmer, you get, might get some people going in there buying up the sweatshirts to stay warm as the uh, as the afternoon goes on.
2: All right, are mint juleps being served?
5: Oh, yes. They've, they've been rolling since very early this morning. Uh, the Oh, oh really? Open. Oh, yes yes the the uh the gates have been open for several hours and as i rolled in here at about 7:30 there was certainly evidence that uh the uh the libations had begun flowing
2: I, I should I, I, By 4 o'clock, I'm sure uh, some people might not even know there's a race going on. Teresa Gennaro is a freelance turf writer. She's in Louisville for the Derby. We check in with her on all matters involving uh, horse racing. Her website is brooklynbackstretch.com, brooklynbackstretch.com. So you're for, if you're a racing aficionado, you can keep up with her postings by going to com or her Facebook handle is brooklynbackstretch, two words. Her Twitter is b-k-l-y-n-b-c-k-stretch. But uh, I think if you go to Facebook or her website, you'll find links to all that. She lives in Brooklyn Heights in New York. and She teaches English at Packer Collegiate. Collegiate, sorry. Teresa, thank you for dropping by. Have a great race day.
5: Great. Thanks, Rudy.
2: When we come right back, we'll check in with Osceola. Let me pronounce it correctly, Wisconsin. Rudy Max's World phone
0: lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages. phone number to call the program is 800 387 8025 that's 1-800-387-8025 or visit the show online at rudymaxa.com here again is Rudy Maxa
2: 52 minutes after the hour if you like rhubarb as much as I do and I like it a lot so that could be a tight uh, tough line to, a tough bar to hurdle over um, you want to know so I'm giving you a month's notice now okay months' notice. you got a month to get your airline tickets or get the car washed and all set because uh, in Wisconsin, in Osceola, Wisconsin, to be exact, on Friday, June sixth, and Saturday, June seventh, it's rhubarb days. And here to tell us what that involves, because I never knew there was rhubarb wine till I looked at the website, is uh, Jeff Reardon. He's the owner of the Osceola Antiques. Uh, of Osceola Antiques, and he is the he is the guy behind the Osceola Wisconsin rhubarb days. Jeff, I I get the impression you guys grow some rhubarb up there or over there, I should say, since I'm in Minnesota, your neighbor state.
10: Yeah, well, thanks for calling, Rudy. Um, we sure do, and and you know it's one of those uh, things that grow in every old farmhouse. You, you drive around the countryside and you see rhubarb patches, and some of them never get used. And so, a few years ago, we dreamt up this thing and, and, uh, it's been We're moving been a some rhubarb. rhubarb.
2: Yeah. Well now, well, now I, I, you know, I've never thought about it. I've, I've never, if someone said to me, Hey, where does rhubarb grow? Where does it come from? I'd, I would, know, I would draw a blank is, is Wisconsin a rhubarb growing center in the United States? Are there other states that uh, specialize in it? You know, if, give me a little background on this. Especially
10: the Northern States of the, you know, the United States, Northern part of the country. Um, I think over in England, it's, it's a real, it's probably even more prevalent, uh, More popular. There's rhubarb candies, and I think they're even more excited about it over there. Um, And there's there's a lot of festivals over there as well.
2: But when Americans go in their grocery store and they see rhubarb in in the produce section, is it likely to have come from Wisconsin?
10: You know, probably it is because it's more of a. It doesn't hold out very long. You don't want it to. You want it fresh, so it's probably going to come from someplace fairly local because otherwise it'll dry out and.
2: But if I'm buying in Los Angeles, that's not local.
10: Probably not. You know, it probably is coming from this part of the country, and uh, you you know, you never see it like Chiquita or anything where it's got the the big name on it or anything. So it's probably so. Is the
2: suggestion that it comes from the Upper Midwest, basically?
10: I think so. I think that's where you see a lot of it. You you know, it was it was one of those things that every farm gal had it. A patch growing, and and even like in the little towns, you you drive by and you see the little patches around everybody's houses.
2: Hmm. Okay. So, what goes on uh, when uh, during the rhubarb festival beginning June fifth in Osceola?
10: Well, we kind of started out with, uh, of course, we got our farmers market that starts that day. Um, they that runs every Friday from two to six, and so that's our that's our start of that. And then uh, the local bank, one of the local banks in town, they've got a. A pasty feed. That's, uh, I think, more of a UP thing,
2: Upper Peninsula. What, 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 Upper Peninsula thing? that Nobody knows what UP means. We've got to explain yeah. this. What Upper Peninsula, what Peninsula, Michigan? Jeff, what kind of feed? It's a pasty. What's that?
10: Um, those are those, uh, um, like meat, um, like the, like an old-fashioned uh, meat pocket sandwich, uh, It's like a stew inside of a... Um, Dole. What's that got to do with rhubarb? I don't know. They they've been had last year. They had a big uh, they had a big feed for uh, they brought in the world's largest grill and had a big <laughs> brat feed up there. So now is this, year this. This, this year, year the, you
2: have rhubarb brats. This year you have rhubarb. I see you have rhubarb brats. You've got. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, We're talking over each other. Go ahead.
10: No, I'm sorry.
2: I was just going to say you have rhubarb pie, you've got a pancake breakfast with rhubarb sauce, and who makes the rhubarb wine?
10: Well, that's actually a winery in Three Lakes, Wisconsin, or Three Lakes Winery. And um, they they sell a lot of uh, it's in Wisconsin. I'm sorry, I don't remember the town it's somewhere up by Spooner, Wisconsin.
2: Well, I, okay, unless you're from Wisconsin, probably nobody knows where that is, but they certainly know where to come for the festival. And, I mean, is there music? And, uh, I mean, I, I, I gather there's all things rhubarb, obviously.
10: Right. We tried to. This year we got in something new called Stealing Rhubarb. It's a musical review at the St. Croix Art Barn. Um, they're going to be doing a show. We've got, um, that's on Friday and Saturday night, and then we've got a couple uh, musical acts as well. Cattail Moon Band is playing during the day on Saturday. We've got a Elvis Experience playing uh, from two o'clock to four o'clock on Saturday as well.
2: Where do pe- how do people get to Osceola? Where do you fly into if you want to come from, Not if you're a rhubarb freak?
10: Minneapolis. You We're fly to
2: Minneapolis and how long yep. a drive is it to Osceola?
10: You can pretty much get anywhere from the Twin Cities to Osceola in an hour or less. If really? You know, yeah, we're, I live
2: in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm not here a lot, but I do live here, and I'm, there, I'm here broadcasting from here today. So I could be there in, less, in an hour or less? less? You bet. Because I like rhubarb is what I'm trying to tell you.
10: To tell you. <laughs> and we we'll had right. lots of it uh, that weekend.
2: Well, Jeff, uh, nice to talk to you. I didn't know it was going on so close to home. Jeff Reardon owns uh, Osceola Antiques, but he's also the, the guy behind the Os- Osceola Wisconsin's Rhubarb Days. You can check it out at uh, Rhubarb Days. Is it rhubarbdays.com. I had it up here. It's rhubarbdays.com. Yeah. Hey, I thank you for stopping by and have a great well, festival, Jeff.
10: You. It's been a real pleasure.
2: All right. Take care. Wow, I didn't didn't know where rhubarb came from. I'm learning things. I'm learning stuff. All right, we're coming to the end of this hour, the first hour of Rudy Max's World. If your station is staying around for the second hour, as most of our stations do, I'd implore you and invite you to uh, listen to the news for a few minutes and probably a couple commercials. And we'll be right back with a whole other hour of interesting travel talk. If your station is leaving us, see you next weekend.